When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Shut up and sit down. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. We've got podcasts and series on all sorts of subjects. We have series on mental health, mental health and sports, conspiracy theories, films and TV, football, wrestling, serial killers, music, and much more. We release three shows a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, with the Wednesday show being the Andy Campbell Championship show with former Premier League striker Andy Campbell and myself uh, breaking down the latest news and results from the Skybet Championship. And uh, every week, Andy answers your questions. You can send it those questions and give us a, a follow while you're there by uh, going to Twitter at AceCast underscore Nation or Facebook.com slash AceCast Nation. Uh, all our shows are available in video format at YouTube.com slash AcePodcastNation or audio download at all the usual platforms, catches and apps. Uh, so I've been looking forward to today speaking to my guest. I'm quite excited because uh, I watch his content. I have recently, I've been watching a lot of it as well. Um, and I never used to be one for watching kind of watch alongs and stuff, but he got me, uh, got me interested. Uh, he's a content cre- creator, an interviewer, uh, a wrestling fan, a self-proclaimed tech boy. Uh, he's a bird you don't mess with, apparently. Uh, it's Foul Original. Welcome, my friend. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Sai. Thanks, man. This is uh, this is awesome. This is really, really awesome to come on. Yeah, we had a really cool little like pre-chat. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very thank you. I'm the poultry you don't want to mess with. Um, I think. I think I stole it from, um, oh, what's her name? Um, I was going to say Victoria. Victoria, it's a, she ain't the lady you're going to mess with. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah, I um, I do all the time. I, I got this, it's not a bad habit, I suppose. But every time I have someone on, particularly if I get on with them, like instantly, I end up talking to them for like 25 minutes before I even start recording. So what you find, what I find on a Monday when I record with them, Andy with the football show is we talk about all the stuff, all the football and all the stuff that we're going to talk about in the show before we've done the show. And then we have to talk about it all over again, but it's not the worst habit to have, I suppose, because you can have a little, a little natter before. So, um, before we get into the, the wrestling and the, the, the news of the week and what have you, um, just for maybe some of my listeners, viewers who maybe aren't familiar with you. Um, where did, Foul original come from and when did you start? How did you get started? So see so yeah, um so I'm I'm Foul Original. Um that's my real birth name. 
and uh yeah so i'm found original um and i'm on twitter and i'm on loads of different places and Foul original started in 2016 uh um it started with me wanting to create some wrestling content and put it on youtube that's all i wanted to do i wanted to i watched people like wrestlemania i used to watch um and i still do i used to listen to like jason solomonster on youtube podcast back then um kevin castle show um don and kevin castle show all these shows and it inspired me to want to do that kind of stuff and i challenged myself to learn premiere and make a video i made one video didn't do too well made another video about roman reigns and it got twenty thousand views and then within like a day and i remember going oh my god like this could work um at the time, I was coming um, out, well, I was at the tail end of a very, 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 very good relationship. Um, and I came out of the end of that, and Foul Original was kind of born towards the end of it. We were looking for different things, and I was always, I've always been a creative boy. So I've always been someone that didn't necessarily want to do the nine to five and stuff, and because of that, Foul Original was going to make me a millionaire in like a year. And that was it. And like, you know, everyone doesn't know. And I'm going to do it. And so I sketched out the character. I sketched him out. I learned in Photoshop how to turn him into a logo. And so that logo that you see, that was mine. I drew it. I inked it. Um, I then learned some other bits and bobs. And Foul Original became my alter ego, where I could say whatever I wanted. Um, then had a little bit of time out. I was looking for a new job, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I did live streaming on Periscope as Foul Original with my phone and uh, talked about whatever, whatever came to my mind at the time. I started a show called uh, Seven Minutes in Hell, which was me unscripted for seven minutes, just rambling about something that really pissed me off that day. And I used to have really angry days coming back from work and uh, I animated them. And that was the next thing. There's been evolutions the whole way through. But to kind of skip to where we are now, last year, I watched All In. And around that time, I was looking to try to make this something again. And I got in touch with the wrestling community on Twitter. And they all took me in with open arms. And I've been having a blast of a year um, just collabing with people, doing roundtables, doing stuff that I never, ever thought I'd ever be able to do um, because I didn't feel I had the confidence to do it. And technology and the ability to know that people listen and to what I'm saying about bloody wrestling or like last year I did a show called News Round where I just did the news every night live stream. I'm experimental in hopefully what I do. Um, and so, yeah, I, but right now, what I do is watch alongs on YouTube, um, produce tutorials every now and then, and hopefully help people in the wrestling community to, with their tech problems because a lot of people want to do podcasts and stuff, and it's hard. Like some of the stuff is really hard to wrap your head around, and I know that like I've helped people, um, and like we've gone on to forge really good like collaborative efforts afterwards and i've had such fun this year like this whole year has been absolutely spectacular last year at this time um i didn't feel like this thing this wouldn't have happened last year you wouldn't have been you know we wouldn't have even been in contact i wouldn't have had the confidence 
to be able to say, hey, man, I want to come on and talk about myself for a little bit. Um, and I really do appreciate that. It's it's great being able to finish work and come back, be the rocket man. Like, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, it's, and it really, truly is freeing to be able to come on and talk about a topic that people... And I say this a lot of the time, and it's one of the reasons why I feel that there should be some collective, like, you know, there should be some collectiveness within the community, the wrestling community on Twitter. Because, and I say this with like 100% certainty, every single wrestling fan at some point has been made fun of for liking wrestling. At some point, that's a guarantee. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So Everyone's been through that, haven't they? So why the hell would we make fun of our own wrestling fans for liking a particular brand or liking it, you know, because yeah. it's a niche within a niche. You know how it feels. So why are you doing it to someone that you would call your brother or your sister? And it's just a bit weird. But um, but yeah, I've, I've seen great positivity within wrestling Twitter, great negativity. But at the end of the day, I call it home and... Uh, yeah, and it's so cool to be able to talk about weird Japanese wrestling at like three o'clock in the morning with people all around the world through your phone. Yeah, I think like uh, like technology changed the game for not just wrestling fans, but for everyone, like for podcasting in general, because now you don't need um, like a full-blown studio and somewhere and to travel to be in the same room and do a podcast where, you know, you can do that. But you can also hop on Skype or, you know, any of these numerous other streaming technologies and you can speak to someone on the other side of the world and talk about Japanese wrestling. You could talk about British wrestling. You could talk about apple strudel, as it were, as if you were just saying before the show. Um, yeah. But do you know what I mean? It, it's like it just makes it the the opportunities uh, just never ending for what you want to do, what you want to talk about, what type of content you want to create and like i like i shared with you where we were just talking then about like i put off wanting to do a podcast for probably three years just i'd always find an excuse whether it was my physical health or my mental health or you know other kids or this or that there was always something um and then i think it was around april may time i just said no i'm just doing it and i got what i in fact the first i think probably 30 episodes I did I did off my phone with some headphones um mm-hmm. and then I got like a mic and a camera and progressed it from there but like it pod doing podcasts completely changed my life in that mm-hmm. I got my confidence back from before I had my car accident and I suddenly feel like I'm use- useful again because yeah. I'd had such a long period of uh, I was in a wheelchair for a bit. I was in hospital a lot. I was on crutches. I had spinal fusion and all these like different things, which was happening over like a five year, but still going on. But like this sort of really serious stuff, which was like getting me down and, and affecting everything was like a five year period immediately after the accident. Um, and this has completely got me almost back to myself. And that I, like, I couldn't imagine 10 years ago sitting on the internet, speaking to strangers, speaking to people and people watching it. And it's just, it's really strange. But 
Yeah, any I say I always say anyone who's ever like because you know there's thousands of people, millions of people probably around the world who look at podcasters, look at podcasting, YouTube content, and they think I want to do that. I yeah. I could do that. I would like to do that. And I just say to all of them, I would say do it because you don't know what you can uh, achieve, what you can create, what you're good at, what you're not good at until you do it. Um, and like you know, I'm still new and my channel's not even a year old um and it was my birthday on monday so me and my uh, wife were sort of having a bit of food and we were just looking at the like the growth in the audio downloads from the first couple of months to the last couple of months and it's so satisfying to look at because you're like wow there's actually like thousands of people like downloading me talking and i get that nine times out of ten they're not listening to you know for me they're listening for the people i'm speaking to but i don't care they're downloading my show so that's fine i'm happy with that yeah but yeah, um, and that's 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 the thing i always used to say i used to always love was i've got a video on youtube and it's basically demonetized it's called and like everyone will see it when they go on my channel every if you if you go to youtube.com slash val original wrestling quick plug but if you go there and you go to my page, there's a video called Top 10 Wrestlers Who Murdered Someone. Now, the video is literally now at like 550,000 views. Wow. It's insane. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why. Over like WrestleMania period this year, it got loads of views and it got load and it made a little chunk of change. Then it just got straight demonetized. So like it will get like 10,000 views and it will earn about three cents. And that's fine, but people still to this day, this, the video is three years old, and they're like, um, "You haven't fact-checked that thing, and that thing <laughs> has changed now." And I'm like, "Yes, that was three years ago." But I got to the point where I'm just like, "Thank you for the constructive feedback, <laughs> yeah. thank you for the thumbs down." <laughs> like, but that's taken a long time. That's taken a long time to know because back then I would have been like, "Oh my God, what did I do wrong?" Like, I'm done something yeah. wrong, and I'm like, "Ah, it's fine." Don't you worry about it. <laughs> check out my local. Check check out my latest stuff, please. Yeah, it's YouTube's really weird because I had this conversation when um, I had Warren Hayes on the show, and um, mm-hmm. like the hardest thing about podcasting is getting people who don't know you, who've never heard of you, never spoken to you, never seen you, to get them to find your content, to get them to find your videos, to get them to find your podcasts because the algorithms and everything is set up in a way that if you search for wrestling podcast or any term say which would come up for your like watch alongs or it probably it's probably actually better for you because you've got a lot of followers whereas for to say for, for example like someone like me who's less than a year old got mm. sort of i think less than a thousand subscribers mm. It's hard to get new uh, listeners and followers and subscribers because if you even if someone searches almost the exact name of your video, mm. the people who've got five million subscribers will come up before you. And I think it's really hard to, especially if you're not familiar like me with uh, SEOs and things like that, um, to get past that algorithm and stuff to get your stuff out there but you mentioned just before we started um recording that uh like regular content helps 
in your experience, what other stuff would like? What other stuff helps push it, push yourself up those lists and stuff? So, like, what what I always so I'm not professionally trained within anything. I picked it all up on the fly, and I think a lot of us are. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it meant that sometimes I learned some bad habits. And what I kind of do is I use a program called TubeBuddy. And TubeBuddy is a really good program, um, which you can, it analyzes other people's tags and stuff like that. And it gives you a bit of an idea as to how YouTube works, like behind the scenes, like from my tech boy kind of mind, I, I look at how maybe a system works and how I can apply that to what I know. So I know that it works on a search algorithm. So sometimes I'll put specific words in there. I, I do a lot of almost like homework before I put a video out. I spend a lot of time on my tags on um, the watch alongs, for example, I find that good thumbnails really help. Yeah. Um, and when I, when I mean good thumbnails, I mean, they look clean. So I'll let you into a little, one of my other little secrets. So I use a program called Canva. Um, it's an online image editing tool. And yeah. it is very flexible. It's really cool. It means that on the way home on the bus, because I have a real job as well, as I'm doing my real job, um, on the home, on the bus home, and I'll be making the thumbnail for tonight's show, for the Wednesday show, on the way home on the bus. And you can just do it all from your Android phone. It's absolutely free. Um, few ads here and there, but who cares? It's free. And then I use Photoshop at home for the more heavy lifting stuff. But the weekly show has a thumbnail made on my phone while I'm sat on the bus in traffic. So technology again, see? Yeah, but that's the thing. It's something that immediately no, five years ago, three years ago, I couldn't have done. And I've been able to slim down a lot of the things I do. So yeah, good thumbnails, um, descriptions, um, understanding your audience. So like in my description, I put in big capital letters i will not be showing the live stream from this place please understand i will not be showing it so if anyone comes into the stream then i can straight away say look i'm not showing it read the description it does mean that i don't get as many views as other people might get but yeah. that's something that i found the one thing as being on youtube now for three years is every every january um, Google tend to do something hilarious to YouTube. Um, and when I say hilarious, not for any of us content creators, mm -hmm. but for everybody that is watching. And last year, obviously, um, Logan Paul happened. And the year before, there were some monetization issues as well. And this year, it looks like they're changing content that's specifically for children. When you upload a video now, it says, um, is this content suitable for children? Which is really weird so there's going to be something happening in january i can already see but what i say to people to keep yourself kind of almost like clean is try not to use any copyrighted music from try not to if you're doing a watch along as tempting as it is don't put the background sound in because you may get copyright struck later on down the line i had um a video from wrestlemania uh, two years ago um and did an eight hour long live stream eight hours yeah it's it's the thing is is like you say it to people they're a bit like that's fine you just sit on your ass and yeah 
but for eight hours and I have to be at least mildly entertaining for eight hours. Yeah. So um, I smoke. So at, at some point in the show, as part of my watch along, it's like I'm going for a fag normally just before the um, the end of the pre-show or something. It, it's WrestleMania. So I couldn't really take a, like a, a cigarette break at all. So I was like, OK, it's the Hall of Fame ceremony thing. You know what? I've got at least time to get downstairs, have a quick cigarette, run back upstairs. So I didn't play any sound from the show. But for that one brief second that I ran away, I put the volume up. All the music was totally cool in the WWE, except for the Hall of Fame theme, which is no. licensed by the WWE. So my eight hour long live stream is owned by some random company who can monetize it. It's fine. It got like 20,000 views way back when. And I remember looking at it and every time it gets a view, like it's like a dagger in the heart. Like it's because yeah, I'm not hurting it. Frustrating that is. But eight hours and they stole it. For, for 13 seconds as well. It's 13 seconds of the song. It lets you listen to it. But it's it's all about, like, obviously, when you make stuff for YouTube, it all depends what you do. If you're talking about wrestling, so if you're talking about Raw, then you're normally fine. I've seen, um, I normally watch people like um, Wrestling With Regret and yep. Social Injustice Warrior and um, the, um, Dave Knows Wrestling as well. Um, channels that I looked at, WrestleMania, I, oh God, like this year I spoke to WrestleMania on remote wrestling. It was like a, like a boyhood dream. Like it's uh, crazy. And uh, he told me some stuff that he does and you can go and check that out on remote wrestling. I think it was episode three of remote wrestling. I was like, WrestleMania. And no one had ever asked him to be on an interview. And he said, this is my first podcast. What can we talk about? I was like, oh my God, you're WrestleMania. Like you I have was, like I would love to speak to him. He's um he's one of the the first kind of wrestling YouTube channels that I watched which weren't like podcast related or like watch along related. He was one of the first I subscribed to, which were just like, you know, like uh, like videos and sort of 10, I don't know, 10 wrestlers who hate Vince McMahon or, you know, whatever it may be. He was one of the first, which I um, sort of really got into and watched avidly. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, what's he like? Is he a cool dude? Yeah, he, he totally is. He's from the UK. He's... Um, he's about my age and it's crazy because we were talking and I was like, oh my God, like we're like the same person, aren't we? Like this is crazy. <laughs> and um, I spoke to him about how like my first video was kind of modeled on him, like on what how he did his stuff. And he has like, again, talking about anxiety and stuff. And he spoke about this in the interview. He has some anxiety about um, his speech pattern because he's like, it doesn't seem too exciting. I'm like, mate, it's fine. I've got no problem, but he hates listening back to his voice. How crazy is that? Like a voiceover artist that essentially can't do watch their own work. And I was like, wow. And he's like, yeah, because it just doesn't sound right. And I was like, no, man, like your voice is almost like the JR of YouTube. You know, like yeah. everybody That's knows crazy. who you are. And yeah, he's a really nice guy. Um, yeah, it's send him a message on Twitter. I'm sure he'd be more than happy to pop on. Like he's, he's um, really up for collabs and stuff. He's got a, a crazy schedule. My God, that man works hard. Um, but yeah, he took some time out and that was one of the people that talking about like what's happened over the past few years. I would have never in a million years sat watching him on my TV 
then be speaking to him on Skype and having an like a conversation. Yeah. And like as a peer as well, not even just as a fan. I was like, mm. yo, and at that time I had like a thousand, twelve hundred subscribers. I think I was at the two thousand mark, and he was like, "Yo, man, you're you're growing." And I was like, "Thanks, Russell Lavia. Like, oh, thanks, man. Like, you 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 like get that in a day." But thanks, and but he was genuine about it, and yeah, that's that's what I found with a lot of content creators here is the very very genuine, and we don't see that that often. Like, and um. I think that even like places like say Cultaholic, I think that, and even what culture now, I'd say maybe to an extent, it's very, it's very much fans watching the show, isn't it? And I think yeah. we all are fans watching the show. So I put us all on the same level as those, you know, behemoths of the industry. Like we're, we still have a voice, you know, you spoke about how podcasting can help people and how, um, they can like any anyone should do it like people used to say in the old days everyone's got a novel in them i say these days everyone's got a podcast in them everyone's got a topic that they could quite happily speak at for length for like 12 episodes over like 12 weeks i'm sure yeah every absolutely and it gives them that voice it, it truly does i um but yeah like WrestleMania, that was a trip. That was an absolute trip, man. Yeah, that, um, was, that must have been so cool just to like speak to him and stuff and just pick his brain a bit. The um, I gotta say, every um, so like I'm coming up to a hundred episodes now, and I've had various you know different people from within sort of wrestling media and wrestling podcasts and and then obviously all my other shows, whether it's the serial killer ones or conspiracy theories or just you know footballers fighters boxers i speak to like lots of different people and i but i can safely say i haven't had one bad experience with anybody um mm-hmm. where they've been like a bit of a dick or just you know whatever it may be a bit up themselves or you know thought they was kind of like you know they're obviously got a bigger channel or a bigger bigger platform and they didn't i've now i haven't come across anybody like that yet um mm-hmm. I'm sure I will at some point, but like everyone I've spoken to from, from wrestling media, um, like all the, I've had pretty much all the guys from Fightful on at some point. Um, and they're, you know, they just can't, uh, in, and in my opinion, they're the best, uh, wrestling website in the world. You know, just my opinion. They're not no, the I would, biggest. I would have to agree. I would like, you know, like a lot of people, um, I, I've had, we like funnily enough and it is crazy like i've had like not conversations but like, i've been involved in a situation that was involving sean russap and it is and at the end of it i it was positive light all came out of it and also i re-respect his journalism and i always feel like he will have a conversation with you yeah. instead of just kind of shooting you down oh, and yeah. i think and i think that I spoke about this on Mags's show. Um, um, big shout out to Mags. Thanks, man. You probably listed it at three speed. But like, um, yeah, he he was so like Mags was um, he he was he's such a he's such a great like podcaster himself. And speaking to people like Sean Rossap, I respect all these people on the same level um, because we are all the same level. And I spoke about the blue ticks. You know, people like Jonathan Snowden. Yeah, um, and they're all such nice people. 
like I didn't believe that. Like I remember when I first came on Twitter, I was a bit like, oh, oh. and they've, I've never set, felt that any of them, SRS, like Johnson, and none of the blue ticks have actually been up themselves. I think that they have been really respectful and really open to working with people and doing stuff, you know, like which in other in other forms of entertainment would be unheard of, you know, like, and I think it's really cool. Like, it's so cool. Um, I love it. Yeah, it's really, it's unique, isn't it? Because like you say, in uh, any other kind of industry, you wouldn't have people with kind of blue ticks and thousands, or in some case, you know, close to a million followers or whatever it may be, uh, coming on a show for say someone like me, who's got, I know, like just under 600 YouTube subscribers, or they they just wouldn't. Whereas I've had people on the show who, like, I messaged them, did not really expect them to even reply, let alone say, yeah, I'll come on. And they're, like, within 10 minutes, they're messaging me and saying, you know, I can do it this, this, this day, or whatever. Like, that was a really... Uh, like pleasant surprise for me was the the amount of people who were open to coming on and even some of the people some of the bigger channels or podcasters who I approached they always replied even if it was like a week later they would reply and say oh look I can't at the moment but I might be able to come on you know in next couple of months or get back to me in a couple of months um, and that was really refreshing for me because I one of the things I was kind of concerned with was once I went through all the people who I knew and then all the people that they kind of, I knew through someone else, I was concerned where I was going to get guests from without just sort of going around the same circle of guests and people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been really, really pleasantly surprised, not just with, um, you know, with rest, the wrestling community, but also you know, other aspects like football and, and some other uh, people who I've had on. That was really refreshing for me. And I, I've i enjoyed it, i got to say. And like I said, it's not even a, a slogan. I said to my uh, wife yesterday, my first um, my first piece of merch when I eventually get it will be that uh, pod, it'll be a hoodie which says podcasting changed my life. Uh, because And that's just because I want, I want other people to experience what I've experienced in the last eight months because mm. it just it's changed something within me. Not like in this, it's not making me a millionaire. It's not making me any money, but it's just kind of made me change my outlook, I think, on how I feel about myself, how I feel about the world. I still hate the world, man, but, you know, that's that. <laughs> That's a that, different story. That's a whole other thing, man. That's a thing. We we got similar viewpoints on that. Don't you worry about yeah. that. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Yeah, I I wouldn't have like so, so. I look back at some things that happened like over the year, like really good things, and I think about them, and I'm like, that would have never happened if I hadn't put myself out there in a way which was scary as hell, like. Um, my voice, for example, like I like this is my like normal normal voice, so you don't get to probably hear me like this that often. But because I put on a little bit of a like because I have to because it because it's it's part of the the whole deal, isn't it? So yeah. like this is what I normally call the man 
behind me, like, or the man, yeah, the man behind me, the man behind Fowl. And, like, he gets such joy out of this. Like, I'll speak about the duality sometimes because that's who Fowl is. Like, he's a character that allowed me to say and do things that I would never, ever, ever, ever do. Like, I on Periscope, I was a little bit more like, Ugh. But then I understood that I was being a dickhead and I was yeah. like, okay, it's not a good thing to do. And like, I've seen people like on, um, on Twitter that are like really toxic and they've been real dicks and they know they, they've been dicks. And you just think that like, that's not the way we should be using this technology. Like we should be using it to be nice to each other. Like there's so many cool things we can do with, podcasting of itself like imagine the imagine liking something that nobody in your immediate area likes whatsoever but people dotted around the world absolutely adore and it bonds you it unites you like the a new japan show that's happening there's people in the UK that are like, well, I'm going to wake up early for it. There's people in the US that are like, well, I'm going to have to stay up late for it. There's people in Japan that are like, well, I better go and see it. And like, you know, it's it's great. It unites us all. And there's it's it's such a special like it, it really is. I think 2019 for me is going to go down. It's a very special year, like for how wrestling has become accepted again, like truly accepted. And main, yeah, not main mainstream, but mainstream enough to be on two cable networks on the same night vying for our attention. Like, that's um, that's insane. I, I can't wait to see what twenty twenty brings. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? And it it does feel like um, if like AEW or NXT get a certain storyline, or they if they get something over the next year which really kind of catches on and it get, gets really hot it feels like wrestling could have a big boom again because like um, I've seen a, like saying about what you were just saying there about like toxic people who are quite negative about things just to be negative about things and just a bit of a dick and um, I've seen it a lot since they both started up against each other on a Wednesday particularly when the ratings come out it's kind of like, eh, it's just people generally just being dickheads to each other because their preferred wrestling company is either got a slightly bigger rating or a lower rating. And it's kind of like, it makes no sense to me because to me, I look at it and I think, wow, there's just under 2 million people watching NXT and AEW on a Wednesday night. That's really cool because then you've got the two, 2 million plus on a Monday and the two million plus on a Friday, that's really good for wrestling, and that's really good for content creators who are in, who create content around wrestling. And I kind of try to look at it like from a positive point of view, in that there's nearly two million people watching NXT and AEW combined. And I think if it was just one of those shows on a Wednesday, and they weren't up against each other, particularly the way they've been over the last month to six weeks because I think they've both been excellent. Yeah. I think that they would be having, you know, they'd be close to, they'd be between a million to a one and a half million probably on their own. But because they're up against each other, you've got like the kind of 
I think there's pro- like a hardcore fan base of both who will, will always watch their their show first or their mm-hmm. show, and then there's like there's another portion who are kind of flitting between the two depending on what the week before was like. So like yeah, last week you had the AJ Styles thing right at the start of the show, and it seemed like a lot of people switched over. So the the gap became a lot closer. Mm. Yeah, I, I think like I think I think you you're like you hit it right in the head there. Like there's there are so many like there, there's two companies that are we're we're getting to see almost the Monday Night Wars, but just really really centralized towards one evening that isn't Monday. But it's really similar in the sense that AEW is this company which is kind of. It, it, it's 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 begun it's the new generation you know it's it's the it's the wwf and wcw and i said this on a few shows before now i'm like it's almost like the wwe has become wcw bloated with wrestlers on fat contracts that don't make any sense they get to sit at home and get paid um they're paying people just so they don't go to the competition and then there's this upstart promotion that's doing all the right things is resonating and connecting to the fan base to the young fan base to the ones that that didn't watch wrestling because they think it's maybe hokey or goofy and they're like no but i like this show and I think it's good for everything because, you know, someone might watch AEW for the first time and say, that's not for me. But they're not a wrestling fan. So they go, you know, what, I'm going to try NXT. Someone's told me that's good. They're now a wrestling fan. It doesn't matter which one they liked first because they will flip between both of them. And I'm so happy that we're getting to live through like a Wednesday Night Wars. Like, again, how cool is that? Like, there's two wrestling companies that are trying to put on the best show they can to get us to watch them like it it's you know the, the wwe has been uh, on, on has been uncontested for so long so long that this is so good for them because you can see them like you know a whole bunch of wrestlers get um, get left on a plane in saudi and they put on one of the best goddamn shows they do in the whole year because backs against the wall they try out something different back to the status quo the next week but people still watch but you know, for that brief little moment, you're like, "That's what they could do," um, and I, we may see more of that. They always do better. I feel WWE when they something either something happens and they've got to like make a last minute change. So like you had that show where Kurt Angle ended up being in the Shield for a night, um, <laughs> and that was a really good show because loads of wrestlers had. The mumps so they were all you know they had loads of wrestlers out so they had to come up with something completely outside the box and just completely do everything against what they would have done had it just been a normal show same mm-hmm. with the saudi thing on smackdown and i just feel like with AEW, that's pushing them to think outside the box but um and uh, you know the nxt was good anyway However, I contest that before NXT went live, NXT TV, NXT TV wasn't amazing. It was good logical storytelling, but the takeovers were amazing and you would, mm. you know, you could watch them and they were the, like the culmination of this logical storytelling. Whereas since it's gone live, 
I feel like they've really upped their game. I thought the first show they did against AEW, I think they worried a little bit too much about what AEW was doing at certain times, and they almost tried to like counter what was going on on the other channel. Mm-hmm. Whereas since they've got out of that mindset, only my opinion, obviously, I'm I'm not friends with Triple H. You'd be surprised to know. Um, Damn it. <laughs> I am. Um, but like, I do feel like they've kind of just gone back to focusing on just we're going to do our thing. If people are going to watch, they're going to watch. And since they've done that, I feel like NXT, I feel like NXT on a Wednesday has had the better wrestling for most of the weeks. I just feel like AEW is fresher, and I feel like AEW is a bit different, and it's just it's got that slight edge. On a week-to-week basis, I think uh, in terms, well, obviously the ratings are showing that also. Um, but I would argue that NXT has had the better wrestling matches, the more exciting matches. Generally, you know, there's been the odd thing, but the storytelling of AEW, I think, has been excellent um, throughout. This is the weird, the weird thing about like what's happened with AEW existing now. So. I used to watch NXT. I wouldn't always watch it week to week. I would probably stack a few episodes up and watch them on a Saturday. And then I'd watch the takeovers. And it's almost a very similar way to how I used to watch um, WWE for a while, um, years ago. And it was like, I'd always watch takeovers because they were phenomenal. The two-week shows were really good. But as you know, here in the UK, as we are, um, watching that live in a legal capacity um, yeah. isn't really existent. Um, I have the network, and I was kind of pissed that I couldn't watch. I was like, I was, I was ready to watch NXT live on the network, you know, like or at least very, very shortly after up against AEW. But we can't watch it. So for me, I watch NXT now, maybe on a Friday. I bits of it. I don't watch two hours. I don't. An hour show was perfect for me for NXT. Two hours for me, even though the quality is fantastic and I'll go back and watch stuff, There's, it's almost become like the Raw and SmackDown problem. There's too much of it. So yeah, I end right. up watching bits of it. Yeah, that's interesting because I haven't heard many people really say it. Like I haven't heard that many people uh, kind of complain, not complain, it, but sort it, of yeah, say that's... about that extra time. Only because like... Obviously, I cover wrestling, so I'm quite lucky in the fact that I just pick what I want. So if I'm really into, like, I really like NWA power at the moment. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love it. And so, like, but I like to treat myself to that on a Saturday. Like, obviously, it's hard to do that if I I know what happens on it now by Saturday. But I, I still like to try and treat myself on a Saturday. But sometimes you have to watch something for urgency. And... Because um, I do giveaways, Fight.TV, and I've had a partnership with Fight.TV now since, like, May. May is crazy as well. But, like, they, they, they're really cool to give me, allow me to do some giveaways. So I'll watch AEW Dynamite, which legally over here you can watch live on Fight.TV for, like, three bucks a show. And that's really cool. Yeah. And so I can watch that live on a Wednesday night as it happens without any interruptions trying to watch nxt with ads is is hard now when i watch aew dynamite the shows are always 
so far have been spectacular. I've had no issues with them. Um, I'm an I'm not an AEW guy, but I'm a wrestling guy first, and I feel like AEW just for me because I've been really invested in the Elite's journey because yeah. part of Foul Originals' journey was watching these videos that these guys called these wrestlers called the Young Bucks were making. Oh, they're on Periscope. I'm on Periscope. That was part of my journey, so I'm quite intrinsically linked to them. NXT. I'm seeing some cool stuff, but I, I think part of it might even be the whole new car smell in AEW for me at the moment. Like, and I hope that it never goes. But for now, that's just pipping it to the post for me. Like, I'll probably start cramming in a lot more NXT as we roll up to Survivor Series um, with that big triple brand, you know, mayhem that's going yeah. on. Um, which I'm down for, totally down for. Shinsuke Nakamura, Roderick Strong, AJ Styles. Oh my god! Like, well, uh, still my music heart. Funny enough about that match is, um, I think I was listening to the Wrestling Observer earlier, and um, Dave Meltzer said that um, the original plan was for uh, Nakamura to lose the title to Daniel Bryan. Um, and Daniel Bryan was going to be in that triple threat. So it was going to be Daniel Bryan, Roderick Strong, uh, Roderick Strong and AJ Styles in a triple threat. And I was like, oh, wow, that would have been really, really, really good. Um, and I really like Nakamura, but I just thought, Jesus, that would have been amazing. Um, but apparently they're doing the Fiend versus Daniel Bryan, which I'm I'm a massive Fiend guy. So like they can't, he, he could be against anyone. And I would just watch i can't stop i just uh yeah gray wyatt is uh i just find him creatively i just find him so interesting that the way he's just changed various things about his uh his character and he's like tried to re and now obviously he's completely reinvented himself but even before the fiend he was he kept trying to just tweak his character and reinvent it and i know people a lot of people criticized his like his promos for not really saying a lot and saying the same sort of thing all the time but mm. i always found them quite good because i like my wrestling promos to assume that i'm intelligent enough to pick up on little nuances and like little easter eggs and little things which might harp back to a promo from six months ago or a previous storyline from two years ago. Like I like my wrestling promos to assume that I I'm clever enough and paying enough attention to, to, to get that. Um, and I feel like he does that and he does it even more now with the, you know, with the Firefly Funhouse and stuff, there's Easter eggs and all sorts within those videos. Um, and I do feel like WWE doesn't do that enough. It, treats the audience like they're stupid um and that's a big problem for me personally like i want you know i enjoyed tv programs like lost and and prison break and all these things where it's like a mystery and you're speculating on where it's going to go and you know with wrestling what do wrestling fans like to do the most it's kind of like that fantasy booking conversation where you're thinking about all the different possibilities of where said company can take that storyline what can they do with this superstar and this feud and i feel like wwe 
so often underwhelms with what they end up doing compared to what people are excited about or speculating on or you know expecting sometimes i i think that a lot of it is that like like us as wrestling fans have long memories but the vince has no memory of that (laughs) yeah that's that's the problem isn't it like we can i think that someone like bray wyatt is so cool because he does harken back to that old school like have you been paying attention to my promos for the past few months like i've been getting ready to this it's something that i really um respect new japan for um and one of the reasons i really got into it to begin with was because Wrestle King on the road to the Wrestle Kingdom, where I think it might have been ten, possibly, and I was like, I I don't really understand what's going on, but I can pick up something that's happening, and I was down for it. And by the time that I got to some of the matches, I was I didn't watch it as religiously as I watch other um shows, but and other promotions, but it was more that I was like. I'm really invested in every single match and these are calling back to things that have happened before moves and just slight, slight like physical uh, connections or like things that were happening, words that were said, looks that were glanced, like glances that were glanced even. Uh, it's, it's uh, I, I really like when my wrestling or when any entertainment you talked about, like lost in prison break, I loved prison break because and like heroes, like with wrestling, as Raw is always called, Raw is the longest running weekly episodic programming. Like episodic, realistically, like yes, it's not serialized, I understand, but the serialized story is that there's this wrestling company that all these wrestlers work for and they all want to be champion. And like it's almost like every week they forget that that's the story of the show, and like yeah. like wrestling can be can be presented in so many different ways. I saw something called Makai, um, which is like wrestling mixed with Kabuki theater for on YouTube. Um, it's it was mind blowing, but that was different, and it rewarded you for paying attention during the show. And I remember going, "That's what we want from entertainment," and I think that's something that AEW as you said earlier on with the storytelling, you know, like the ratings for AEW, I saw this just on Twitter just before we started. Brian Alvarez allegedly right now says 947,000 for AEW, um, 800 or 700,000 odd for NXT because we just came off one of the biggest built stories in all of professional wrestling right now, the story of MJF. And yeah we were all down for seeing what the hell MJF was going to be saying or doing when he got onto it. And that's what happened. They, they, they got us into the building for the pay-per-view and then they got us onto TV to see what happened afterwards. That's wrestling, man. Like that's rewarding. And that's how you build must see TV. You know, we, we wanted to see what Michael Schofield, how did he, how did he get out of this one this week? Like every single week. How did he MacGyver his way out, especially season four? How is he MacGyvering his way out of this one? But I was down for it every week. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And people say about the length of Raw, right? But to me, I am. So I rewatched Prison Break recently 
Um, and I, I watched the first season. I watched all of it, but the first season is 22 episodes. It's really long. It's like TV shows these days. They tend to be like 12 at the most don't they, episodes. They're, they're a lot shorter these days. Um, and every single episode, it finishes and you just can't. I, I was just binging it. Because I just couldn't stop watching it because every time it finished, it was like it wasn't necessarily a cliffhanger. There was some part of the story which I really needed to find out what happened next, where where it was going. And I remember growing up, you know, and when I was like a teenager watching in the Attitude Era, and I remember like you'd watch the Go Home Raw, you couldn't wait for the pay-per-view. And then the pay-per-view would happen, and the Raw after a pay-per-view was like just must-see TV. You could not miss it because it was... You just had to know what was going to happen next. What was Stone Cold going to... How was he going to react to to Vince and Shane screwing him again? Or, you know, whatever it may be. Or The Rock getting kicked out of the corporation. And just all these different things. But it was must-see. And I... These days, I just think WWE has become lazy and complacent in the way that their consumers fast forward a lot of their product. I really believe that the majority of people who watch, and maybe not the majority, but a good portion of that audience who watch Raw, fast forward through a large portion of the show. Mm. Whereas to me, if I had a three hour wrestling show with the talent that they've got, I think I could write logical, exciting storylines, which would get people coming back to find out you know what's going to happen next etc but also use the time to use all that talent you've got and this is what bugs me when you get the same matches all the time or you get storylines which don't make a sense or you've got people who are super talented and they can't get on tv and i'm like you've got five hours of tv a week if you don't include nxt to to get these guys on TV and do something with them, whether it's showcase their in-ring skills, their character, or build their character, like I just, I just think there's no excuse for it. I think that a lot of it comes down to complete and it's complacency. You know, yeah. that's changing now. That is changing, and you can see sometimes, you know. Vince has his fire, feet put to the fire and he has to produce something slightly different. He has to do something different. But Fox, the Fox deal, like that was probably the ultimate complacency move. They're going to sit pretty... If AEW hadn't reared its ugly little head, then WWE would have no reason whatsoever to innovate of any way, shape or form. They would have no reason. They would have a guaranteed big money contract on a major network in the United States. They've signed a massive deal with BT Sport over here in the UK, which, you know, let's all be honest, it's pretty bad for most of the wrestling fans yeah. in the UK. Um, like, and most of the ones that watch other sports, because goddamn, now you've got to buy something else. Like... Yeah. And it's it's not done for the fans right now. This is all done specifically to line some coffers, to to you know to fund the XFL basically, and like yeah, and that's, Jesus Christ, that, 
that's fine. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Vince has earned his right to make another football league. Yeah, that, that's his deal. Yeah, that's fine. As long as he stays away from wrestling, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. I remember the original XFL. I remember it very briefly. But, like, I, 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 like, it's just really weird now. Like, obviously, this week, CM Punk. Oh, my Gideon, etc. Like, could be amazing. I woke up to that news. I remember waking up to that news. I've been off like wrestling Twitter for a day because you spoke earlier on like about um, like mental health and like I'm I'm not an advocate like whatsoever. Like I've spoken about issues I've had with, and it feels almost silly to say it, but with like imposter syndrome, and it's mm. something that I've had to deal with like for a long time. And I spoke about it and. Like every time I do, it's it's very brief, but I'm not an advocate whatsoever. So I would not say myself to be one. But I'll take time off Twitter. So I'll just, you know, put my phone down, play some Spyro. I've been playing Spyro recently. Um, the the trilogy. And yep. I I took some time off. So the next morning I've not seen backstage on my way to work and I'm like, see this message, and I think that it's a goof. I think it's like a deep fake. Like I, I didn't think it was legit. And I'm like, who's made this while I was sleeping? And I'm like, it's everywhere. Oh my God, this is real. This is not real. And CM Punk is back in the fold. Like anything can happen when the right amount of money thrown about. We, we've seen um, wrestlers go to a place that they may not personally like or like the regime of, but they happen to like the color of their money. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. Puts maybe some wrestling fans in a, in a, in a weird position. Yeah. I am. So I feel like I don't want to be a hypocrite. So uh, about six months ago, I said uh, very openly, I said CM Punk, is a game changer for AEW. If they were able to get him, he is the difference between, um, like, legitimately challenging, uh, like a Raw and a SmackDown, in the ratings. I really felt that he was that level of star. That, and I didn't think that there was really anyone else in the wrestling world who would make that bigger uh, statement. You know, aside from if you're talking like The Rock or someone like that, who's obviously, you know, very unlikely to kind of make that jump. Um, so I'd be very hip, hypocritical if I now said, or oh, CM Punk is, you know, 42 um, or whatever, or however old he is. And, you know, he, oh, he's, he's not going to make any difference to a WWE and, and this and that. Um, at the end of the day, CM Punk has got uh, his window for making top money from from wrestling is closing you know mm-hmm. um so i don't begrudge him if he can get over the differences he had with vince and with triple h and whoever else and he can go back and he can have a short run or of a year or two and he can make a shitload of money they're good for him because why shouldn't he he mm-hmm. his um his run at the top of wwe was when I'm, it was my favorite period in kind of recent times, other than maybe like the odd storyline, whether it's the fiend or you know different things. But uh, as a as an overall long run 
of you know like a year or two that was pretty much my favorite period of wrestling in the last probably 10 years um because i find his character and his performance i find them interesting he his promos are good and they get you engaged whether it's as a heel or a face and okay so here's a question for you yeah. do you do you think all right let's assume he is going to wrestle eventually for wwe again let's just assume that that's a given and just like with 2k and did with goldberg and ultimate warrior they ended up back with the wwe properly after initially signing you know just with 2k so this is just with fox at the moment uh but let's assume that it's going to lead to uh you know some sort of run um who would you put him in who would you feud him with going into wrestlemania so like i think that punk could be um i think that he could have a really interesting kind of run in the wwe if it was this way and if it was like from all the reports so far everything was kept super super secret by fox so nobody knew that he was coming out like super super secret except for we knew he went for some auditions not that long ago so this all bears upon it remaining super super secret so like i would have him come in as being employed by fox because you know they've got this thing where like fox and usa like the networks did the draft yeah yeah okay so the network drafts a fox drafts cm punk i don't know how they've got more money or something whatever but like so we have cm punk but CM Punk is obviously being drafted by Fox and is also drafted by USA. I don't 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 ask me why. But this means he can do both Raw and SmackDown. This is his yeah. wild card. Yeah. So I'd have him obviously go up against Daniel Bryan, and I'd have um, the new Daniel Bryan going up against um, Straight Edge CM Punk, a uh, Straight Edge Society CM Punk. So like Punk's gonna come back and he's gonna be the super duperest heel you have ever done seen. And because he's going to have to, he wants to, like, obviously I think that CM Punk himself hates the CM Punk chants and he'd want to get them to stop. And he'd be like, I made them happen. I'm going to stop them. So super duper heel CM Punk going up against Daniel Bryan. Um, I'd also like to see him feud with, um, along this is along the way, so I'd have him go against Brian at WrestleMania. Even though most people probably say Rollins, I'd have him feud with Rollins along the way. I'd have him feud with Ziggler along the way. But his main focus for that WrestleMania would be him versus Daniel Bryan, two men who at one point were both champions in the company at a time when ratings weren't massive. But, you know, there's that infamous picture of him, Zack Ryder, and, you know, yeah. like, of the champions of that time, that infamous picture of, like, these are your champions right now. Like, I think Kofi and um, uh, Matt Bourne, Evan Bourne, they were, like, yeah. tag champions at the time. Like, this is a, it's a really great picture. And that's where I kind of draw it from. It's like... Daniel Bryan as a new Daniel Bryan could be like, you sold out, Punk. You left, and da 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 da. Punk would be like, yeah, I did sell out. And now I'm on by Fox, and da 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 da. Yeah, I'd think it'd be cool, like him versus Bryan at Mania. Yeah, I think I'd um, if I 
he's going to be a, a face when he first comes back. Um, and I think the easiest uh, way to turn him heel, like quite quickly, is say he comes back at the Rumble, has his face off with whoever he's going to feud with. Um, and then on the Raw the next night, um, he basically says, you know, um, I'm now a part-timer. I'm getting paid millions millions of dollars. I don't work house shows. Uh, basically, it, you know, insult the fans, but also all the things that he used to moan about, mm-hmm. he is now that. He's the part-timer who takes the spot of the, you know, the the current stars, the guys who go on the road all year round. He's the rock to his CM Punk all those years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also, like, I'd have him embrace those things. I'd have him embrace the fact that, like, people are calling him a hypocrite now for coming back after he said all the stuff he said. I'd have him bring that up as well. I'd have him say, you know, money. I came back for money. I came back because I can. And I think people would turn on him because there is that edge of people want to see him, but they also, there's this like undercurrent of uh, kind of like people feel like he's kind of a bit of a hypocrite. I've seen a lot of people say, I don't personally, because I just feel that, you know, if he can make money, then do it. I I, th- I say the same thing. Like we all know, and CM Punk has never ever really shied away from it. Is that what he does is for him and his family? Yeah. Like you know, he's never shied away from saying that. And he, like, I love the fact that because of that, he can do things storyline wise that no one else could. And you know, he doesn't have that ego about himself. He's happy to do things that you know top stars wouldn't necessarily want to do and i know when he speaks about like when john moxley speaks about when he was like leaving the company and he's like yeah i just wanted to have a go like go and have a match with like stone cold so i just went out there and said can i do a spot with stone cold you think about stuff like that that's what punk was doing you know punk was building the shield before he left you know he was he was doing things and that he really wanted to do and then he lost that passion and he went away and I always see, I see this less as him coming back into wrestling and more as him getting a job with Fox and getting that coveted, coveted morning sofa time. Like, you know, that's what he's looking for. He's looking for a morning show. He wants to be CM Punk, fill in the morning, you know, like I'd, I'd love to see him to do that. And I think that this is his legitimate way and also a way I don't. I don't think that he sold out and I don't even think that the cliche would be now that he bought in. I'd just be that he's a guy who did his time in professional wrestling and proved to himself and all of us that he was a draw and, you know, and he wasn't totally respected in that position because of politics and because of other people. And he's got out and made a name for himself more so than he had before. He became bigger than wrestling. Um, and yeah, I think the people that I think it's really weird as well that the people that are that are chant you know you know they're unhappy that he's come back because he said he'd never come back. Like you know, there are shades of grey. The whole never say never thing. People grow, people evolve, people change. People might put things certain things behind them. 
people might understand and you know it's it's hard to understand exactly what's going on inside the mind of someone that you are not um and yeah it's just it, it feels a little again that thing that i was saying before about how you know wrestling fans um at some point we've all been you know made fun of for liking wrestling like why are people making fun of someone for coming back to the thing that they loved like feels a bit feels a bit shitty yeah and what's weird is those people who are probably calling him a hypocrite and kind of criticizing him for going back there are probably the same people who chant cm punk every time there's like a shitty segment so yeah it's a bit weird to me but i don't know it is, it is what it is i guess so when um, you're a big fan of nwa power then i've um yes. i'm a bit behind on it i am but i watched the first episode and i did really really enjoy it it um i just think it's, it's something different and um, I didn't get on the the Lucha Underground bus, as it were, when it when that was out. Particularly that early season, I think, was really popular because it was so different. Um, I so I, I'm I'm still kind of uh, in the middle at the moment because I've only watched the first episode, but I did really enjoy that first episode. Um, I'm also a massive fan of MLW. I really really like that, um, and I. Because I can, do you know that it's on YouTube in the UK? Um, yeah, like it's all on the five, shows. It's, awesome. it's on um, it's on like five, um, not five star. It's on Free Sports TV, isn't it? Oh, is it? I be I watch it on YouTube. I do. It's all yeah, it's on, on the full shows are on YouTube all the time. Yeah, yeah. That I think because I don't know if you ever saw Five Star Wrestling, the the thing that happened. Yeah, like, I, I think <laughs> I did see it. Yeah, well, it didn't last very long, did it? like five six weeks it happened during snowmageddon over here yeah yeah, like so they were here trying to get to northern ireland um while it was snowing everywhere and they had alberto el patron come out he didn't even take his shirt off it must have been so cold in that arena he's just wearing (laughs) like some ridiculous like football shirt but um and yeah like i i think that the amount of wrestling we get on tv actually at the moment is pretty pretty crazy as well really like um obviously impact comes on over here i don't know if you watch impact at all i i catch it every now and then yeah i like um i like tessa blanchard and i like sammy callahan so like Mm -hmm. i tend to watch segments rather than watch like the whole show i used to watch it avid i used to watch it every like thursday morning or i used to watch it every like avidly every week for years um and then like over the last probably two years i've kind of just drifted out of it a bit i watch i do watch like the tessa segment and the sammy callahan segments because i'm a big fan of them and if i hear or see something which looks interesting i'll kind of watch it on youtube but i don't watch the full shows i'm I'm a massive rob van damme fan so the second i knew rob van damme was coming back i was like that's it and i've I've only really watched rob van damme segments (laughs) like that's about it like heal rob van damme as well isn't it yeah, and it's, but it's weird. Like, it's heel Rob Van Dam, but it's still Rob Van Dam. So, like, <laughs> like, I'm such a big fan of him. So, I couldn't, I've seen him work heel before, kind of. Like, but he, like, he just calls people out for, for like, for no, like, it's just really weird. Like, his heel right there. Like, I think one of the messages he put on Twitter, someone said, Oh, can't believe you attacked Ryder with his, like, 
did I? <laughs> I really like his Twitter though because he's doing he's using Twitter uh, as a heel now, like Becky used Twitter last year, um, mm. and just completely fleshing out the character on social media. And I think a lot of wrestlers miss that as a trick um, because let's face it, ninety nine point nine percent of the people who of the world really you know it's particularly people of the age you watch wrestling are on social media so if you can get kind of if you can find this way which connects with a lot of the audience who watch your shows to further your character development which particularly in wwe where you know they this one of the biggest criticisms of them is their their character development from a week to week basis is not always the greatest use social media to, to, to further your character. And uh, I think Rob Van Dan's doing a very good job. His Twitter has been really, really entertaining for the last uh, few weeks since he turned heel. Damn, damn straight. Like, and that, that, that actually takes me to the, the fact that I've always said that now, like it would traditionally wrestling would be your audience would be on TV. You know, those are the people you are playing to. Like, obviously, before that, you are playing to the people literally live in the crowd. Like, moving forward now, the new major platform is social media. Like, you know, the WWE trumpeted all the time. We have one billion social followers. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's combined, including, obviously, all the goddamn bots, which I'm assuming there's, like, 100,000 of. But, like, so, like, but they have so many. So that's their platform now. So you're right. Like, their audience is no longer in the crowd immediately or on tv they have to work us like they have to work the people that are unworkable and we have to be like yeah i don't believe that and when you see a wrestler say something in character like seth rollins has been a he has been a delight recently because he's saying he's spitting some truth but people are like ah you're being a bit of a dick and then he's like yeah i am a dick and like Mm -hmm. you're like yeah uh, actually, and yeah, you're right. He's fleshing out a character there that can go either way because you could take it either way. There's, he's not saying it, so you're inferring the intonation of his words, and it's it's really smart. Like I, I've never thought that the wrestlers would be allowed to do that. Like that they'd actually be allowed to get themselves over when we've seen that not be allowed so many times. Um, and you can tell when someone has social media done for them. And when they do it themselves, um, obviously there was an issue with um, it just happened with uh, Jordan Miles, who has just literally hours ago deleted his Twitter as well. After, you know, I spoke on this as a as a POC, as a as, as one of as a person of of that, like, and I remember thinking that yeah, okay. That's something that's happened. You know, the T-shirt's gone out and maybe it was not approached in the right way by him. He could have maybe done it in a different way. Since that point, like reports have come out that apparently he was having some mental health issues and the WWE knew this and they were asking him to go to a facility to get help. And he's just quit and he's deleted everything and whatever. It's worrying that is, see, I just... I just I look at it and I see the way that he's been. Um, don't get me wrong, like everything which has gone on, I 
think is ridiculous on WWE's part, but just the way he's been so um, like publicly aggressive and publicly like loud and that sort of thing. I, I understand he's upset and he's you know he's angry about it rightly, but also I look at it from a mental health point of view and I just have looked at it and I've thought something's not quite right and. When I see someone like that behaving, not behaving as if he's done anything wrong, but like just being as agitated as he has been uh, so publicly and then just disappear off social media and delete their Twitter account, I find that concerning. Um, Just that I, you know, I kind of hope if he needs help that he gets the help he needs and hopefully that that's what he's doing. He's come off social media to, to kind of take a breath and just so i i was gonna i say there's so obviously in the position that i'm in now sometimes people will speak to me about things now i will never ever break a confidence that anyone's ever told me because that's not fair and i don't feel that that's right but there was someone there was a wrestler i'm not going to say their name but this wrestler was he wasn't even a wrestler. He was more like a wrestling personality. But he was on Twitter, sent me a message. I'm sorry, sent, sent, sent a message out there to someone, one of the YouTubers that I follow, and looked like they were having some beef. And I was like, you know what? I think it would be quite cool if you if you could, would like to speak to me, maybe. Like, I actually really kind of didn't idolize you as a child, but I remember you. And I'd love to talk about some of the things that, you know, happened in the Attitude Era kind of stuff. And he had recently, not that long ago, had some public issues with mental health. And I remember thinking, you know, I'd love to speak to him and get an idea of what's going on. He followed me because his DMs were open. He followed me. And then two hours later, he deleted his whole Twitter. And I remember like having this moment of going, oh, my God. Did I go make this guy just delete? I'm not an investigative journalist or anything. I'm just a I'm just a schlub with a mic. I and I just wanted to talk to this dude. And I remember then speaking to some people afterwards. Like I asked some people in the community to see if they could put their feelers out. Just a few people. You know, I don't know a lot, a hell of a lot of people. But we found out that he was okay. Spoke to some one his member of his family, and he's okay. And he basically went kind of run scared a little bit because he was having mental health issues and he was caught basically in a lie. And because of that, he thought I was going to expose him or something. I was like, look, yeah. I ain't going to do any of that. <laughs> and it happens so often. And there are wrestlers, you know, I think that the fact that concussion testing is being done now and there are procedures for it, something as simple as that can really be stopped. You know, it's sad stories like wrestlers of past and i hope that we don't see that happen again and i hope that the um you know there were stories in roh recently about um concussion there being no concussion process that's ridiculous isn't it like you know with everything that we know in a promotion that is known for hard-hitting extreme violence you know it's it it's shocking i I thought we were past this i was supposed to care it's um in 2019 to not have any concussion pro- protocols in place um and know 
everything that's happened just within wrestling, even if you don't include other sports that have had issues with uh, concussion uh, issues like later in life, just look at it from a wrestling point of view and the tragedies and the the, the people who've taken their own lives and things like this, which uh, have either been linked to concussions or have kind of been speculated or loosely linked with concussions to not have concussion protocols in 2019 is uh, to quote one of my favorite uh, sayings is piss poor big time <laughs> it is really 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 piss poor um, and if that's true they should hold their heads in shame it's it's it is worrying like it is worrying like all those stories that have come from ROH yeah we don't know how many are true it seems as if a hell of a lot of them probably are but <laughs> Um, it's it's just really it, it it's worrying to think that there are that there are people being taken advantage of in the wrestling world in in a in a promote in in a business which is all about putting your body on the line to perform like you know I don't think there's many other sports forms of art or uh, even acting that require this much physical commitment to what you do and then have to, you know, do a promo afterwards and then go and smile at like a, you know, like an awareness thing and then go on TV the next day and then be ready for the next match. And then, you know, like they live a goddamn hellacious life. I mean, it must be just so worrying just living that life and then thinking, oh, I don't feel too good. Oh, I, I still have to keep wrestling. You you don't care. Oh, all right, okay. Like yeah. it must be just so disheartening. Like as a, a wrestling, especially for I think some of the younger guys that and, and girls that are going up there that idolized wrestling for their whole lives, and then kind of it losing its luster almost. They get then they're a bit like, well, you know, everything that happened with Sasha Banks. I think that that's a perfect example of someone that got to the top of the mountain and then went, I don't really like the view that much. Yeah. I, 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 I don't. And you know, it, it's, it's, it's a fulfillment, you know, like I, I'd say like with what I do and with what you do as well, the part of that is that creative outlet that you need and something that, you know, you can only get from doing this. You can only get this particular feeling from doing this. And when you start to not like that or when it starts to become not so fun, like it can become really disheartening. It can and I would hate to be someone like a Sasha Banks who'd like, you know, a whole career and then it's just like, ah, yeah. Mm, yeah. It's ten thousand people out there. Meh. Yeah. And that you know, she she was a wrestling fan since she was little as well. So for her to 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 get to a point where she was like Mm, don't know if I want to do this anymore. After getting to the, you know, very top of the tree, if you like, it's um, it's you know, it's not good. Um, just going back to that the Ring of Honor thing. Um, before we finish off with the word association question, which was sent in. Um, so Kelly Klein is the Women of Honor champion, um, and in Joe, according to Joey uh, Mercury, uh, she asked for I think it was twenty nine thousand dollars per year like a uh, an increase to to twenty nine thousand dollars per year uh, and they said no um and she's their champion top women 
uh, top woman star. Um, I think with if that's true, and there was, uh, I think I believe there was an email uh, which was attached to that tweet, which would intimate that it is true. Uh, it's no wonder that women's wrestling in ROH is not taking off the way some people thought that it might. I mean, you know, when when uh, Women of Honor was announced and the tournament, that first tournament was announced and we had names like Brandy Rhodes in it and people are like, why is Brandy Rhodes in it? And it's like, look, and they need a little bit of star power. They're, they're going out and they're finding women. When Emma and Emmalina, Tennille Dashwood, Tennille Dashwood um, was signed and it was like, oh my God, she signed. There was that really brief period of very, very, very brief period when women were featured in a prominent role in Ring of Honor. Um, I think the problem with Ring of Honor is that there are so many more opportunities for women out there that isn't Ring of Honor. And for everything that we know now, um, I, I think everything that Joey Mercury said, the day that he started speaking and people agreed with him, I think that if you were a performer... Like, like I, I look at people like uh, Session Moth Martina, who has signed with ROH. Um, Joe, um, Joe Henry, the signed with yeah. ROH as well, isn't he? And I, I look at those people and I think they didn't, they saw the good side of it maybe from the outside. Maybe now they're regretting that decision a little bit. Yeah. Because if you're a woman and you go into ROH, there's about three other people about. <laughs> and everyone else yeah. has dipped and it's like how can you get programs out of that like we're talking about nwa power like nwa power right now for the episodes that i'm on i won't give you no spoilers but there's a women's division which has been like started within like episode three or so um uh C- sienna um allison k is the nwa women's champion and so she's there and it feels big time like Thunder Rosa's there and stuff. It feels like there's a division. There's at yeah. least like five, six matches you could have out of the people that are there. Doesn't feel like that in ROH. No, like it doesn't. Do it doesn't, does it? And I think that they need to do if they to have that women's division. Maybe they needed to have some kind of partnership with another company, which I don't think is going to happen too soon. So yeah, I get the impression New Japan is trying to get away from uh, Ring of Honor rather yeah. than extending their uh, uh their partnerships um I don't, and that's I don't the, think they're going to send any joshis down there no way no, no way. i think um i think ring of on ring ring of honor have got a bit of a problem at the moment with pr um they need to they need like a really good show or a big sign in or something just to turn turn it around a bit because they are getting shat on from all angles as it were um so uh, we've got this one word association question, which we'll finish on. Um, but just quickly, uh, where will Marty Scurll go, do you think? So I've been worried about Marty Scurll. I've been really worried about Marty Scurll because I think he was, again, another person that was like, wow, I'm going to sign with ROH. Wow, this is going to be awesome. Wow, I'm going to have my own like stable wow, I'm still here. <laughs> wow, all elite wrestling is happening and I'm in ROH. My, what, my, uh, my girlfriend's in NXT and I'm yeah. here. But at least he's got PCO. So, you know, that's yeah. like, that 
small miracles. But yeah, so I I think that Marty Scroll will finish out his contract with class because he has been afforded some decent opportunities there, you know, with Villain Enterprises to kind of give him that chance to still stay relevant and keep warm. Um, and I think the second his ROH contract is over, over, he is straight over to All Elite Wrestling and he will start up a program with Kip Sabian, like, because with Brit Verbrit. But I I think that there's... um. I just think that Marty Scroll, and I have been worried for him, is that I feel like maybe he'll be lost in the shuffle of what's happened in All Elite Wrestling. I think that the casual fan base, like who already exist, who only exist from the beginning of, say, episode one of Dynamite, they've not watched anything else, that's all they've seen. They don't know Marty. Yeah. And maybe some people won't warm to him as much as the, you know, if he comes out and he starts doing the the Britney Spears songs, I would literally mark out like a child because that's Mm. what I loved him for in BT. But maybe the crowd won't, maybe the crowd won't be that, unless they really promote it, like Marty's coming, Marty's coming, Marty's coming, which I feel like they'd want to maybe, maybe do that. Or, but at the same time, I feel like maybe they'd want that big shock to happen at like the beginning of an AEW Dynamite episode. To kind of roll, you know, to take the twit, to take the social media train for that evening. Um, but yeah, I, I worry about if if um, I worry about if you will still be relevant, like not not relevant, but if you will still be wanting to be in AEW, um, or if he'll want to go around go around the go around the ring a little bit more. Maybe he'll want to like do another little tour somewhere in Japan. You know, I I think that he of all the people is the last true free agent, really, and maybe he brings PCO with him. He is he is the last free agent. I think the one thing with uh, Marty is I I kind of one of the reasons why I lean towards I would personally rather him go to NXT is because I would like to see him debut on NXT as the villain, like the lights go out. And him have the the leather coat and the mask, and it all like when he debuted debuted in um, Ring of Honor, like similar sort of thing, um, or when he like when they kicked Adam Cole out of the Bullet Club, that yeah, yeah. type of that was my favourite version of his character. Um, whereas I feel like if they have him doing the singing in AEW too early, it could give people the wrong impression of him and um, that's that's what that's what i mean that's why i worry yeah because maybe they'll go because he that is one of those you've already got to be in on the joke jokes yeah yeah it is yeah and he could just be written off as a kind of like a comedy act jobber like the like the librarian has been and um i don't know and like i think marty is so talented and i feel like he could go to the very top of both companies if booked right and protected. Um, and it's interesting because everyone assumes he's going to all elite wrestling, but he's got a lot of friends in NXT and mm-hmm. he's also his girlfriends there who he lives with and this, that and the other. So he's got a lot of friends in NXT UK as well. Yeah. He would be massive for NXT UK. I'm a guy, um, I would love to see him as United Kingdom champion. Like the villain Marty Scroll as United Kingdom champion, it has such a ring to it. Like, 
you know, and and he could do like a villain enterprises there. I think that would be awesome. Phenomenal. Be incredible. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, so just to finish off, we'll do the Johnny Wishbone sent in a word association uh, for you. So he said uh, you got to say the first uh, word or person from the wrestling world that comes to mind uh, when he says these or when I read these words. Um, oh, this would be interesting. I'm going to add one as well. Uh, maybe no, I won't actually. Just because change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, funniest. Doink. Doink. Most over. Dream. Velveteen. Nice. Dumbest. Eugene. <laughs> uh, overrated. Ooh. Um. Ooh. Uh. Woo! I'm just that's the only thing that came into my head there. I don't know why. Not Ric Flair, but the woo sound. Yeah, I can I can, I can get on board with that actually. Uh, most reliable journalist. Um, I'm gonna give it to SRS, Mr. Sap. Good gosh, good shout. Uh, most entertaining company. AEW. Uh, prick. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this is so so uh prick um i'd probably say warrior and like that's because of the history of warrior if you know warrior yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough and uh uh the last one is hottest so like i, I say that nidia yeah but that's because I don't know why, but like when I was younger, I had this massive like crush on Nidia, like, and so anytime I think of like women, female wrestlers, I think of Nidia for some reason. So yeah, that's, an, that's a really interesting one because she's not the she wasn't like the uh, like the one at the of that era who everyone sort of would have named if you'd asked that question then. That's an interesting one. Um, Final question. Describe Brad Shepard in one word. <laughs> Hyphenated bullshit. <clears throat> That's a good, good answer. I always thought BS stood for bullshit anyway. I didn't realise yeah. it was Brad Shepard. Oh, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a person. Yeah, he's yeah. a one. I, I, I just wanted to say, like, he is a, he is a guy... That I feel like it, it. He's like um. Who was that dude that everyone was automatically friends with in MySpace? Tom. He's like Tom. He's like the Tom of wrestling Twitter. I don't understand why he's here, but everyone has to see him. Right. Yeah. He, he's, you. You can't avoid him. He just turns yeah. up. He just appears. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. But I, I respect. I, what I do respect, though, is I, res, I respect the balls of that man. Same way he says. Yeah, he's got no shame. It's, yeah, and then expect, and then go. Yeah, man, I did it for the clicks. I did it all for the. I did it all for the money. The monetization. Like, oh, it's cool, man. Cool. <laughs> Not Just cool. A, he's a massive weapon. Um, mm. Right. Uh, tell the people where they can find you everywhere. 
Okay, well, thank you so much for having me again. Um, I am Foul Original. You can find me on at Foul underscore Original on the Twitters. Also on YouTube, youtube.com slash Foul Original Wrestling. You can also find me on my website, FoulOriginal.com. I also have another another podcast which goes out, Remote Wrestling, where we delve into what else wrestles with your remote. And if you go into that one, I have interviews with people every now and then. And then there's also um, Weekly Wrestling Recap, I was on live on YouTube every Wednesday and Sunday, 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Indeed. Make sure, guys, make sure you check it out. You can uh, find me on Twitter at AceCast underscore nation, Facebook.com slash AceCast nation, and uh, YouTube.com slash AcePodcast nation, and uh, all the usual podcasting sites and apps. Uh, but you can find links to all of those at pod.co slash ace dash cast dash nation just to make it complicated uh mr fowl thank you very much for joining me and uh, much for your me. time yeah i had fun it was a good laugh cool enjoyed it and uh, guys thanks for listening watching give us a like drop or drop a like on the video leave a comment share subscribe and uh, we'll see you next time cheerio Sports Social Podcast Network.